0: Welcome to another show. Before we jump into this week's interview, a little housekeeping. It's come to my attention that some of you have experienced difficulty donating to the show using the link on the blog. What appears to be the problem is that if you access the site via thecandidframe.com as opposed to thecandidframe.blogspot.com, you may experience problems accessing the link. If that's been the case please try it again using the blogspot address. Hopefully, I'll figure out how to resolve this in the near future. It's always something. Though I've had the opportunity to interview some legendary photographers over the last few years, some of my favorite conversations are with people who are just starting out. I met Renzi Ruiz two years ago, when he was just beginning as a photographer, and it's amazing to see how far he's developed in a very short time. As you'll hear, there are several reasons why his work has evolved as quickly as it has, but I think a big reason for it is his consistency in getting out to shoot and learning how to evaluate those images with an informed eye. It's those two things that are invaluable in developing as a photographer, and he certainly has them both. Lindsay, welcome to The Candid Frame. Hey, uh, Berenix. Thanks for having me. Uh, when I met you a couple of years ago at the um, Eric Kim workshop, you were one of my favorite people there. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I just liked your, your energy, and it's been really exciting to see how, within a very short time, you've developed as, as a photographer. I look at your work, and you wouldn't think that this is the same guy from, from two years ago. Why don't you tell us where you came from in terms, uh, in terms of your photography and and just briefly, like what you do and where you feel you're at right now.
1: Okay. Um, well, you know, about two and a half years ago is really when you know the, I picked up the camera, which was just a point and shoot, and it was really for traveling for a lot of the uh, vacations that I was taking, and really enjoyed taking pictures. I mean, I've always enjoyed taking pictures, but didn't really understand what I was doing as far as how the camera worked and all the little, you know, details about the aperture, the shutter speed, et cetera, you know, I just liked taking pictures. And I think with my background in graphics and in fine arts, my ability to compose a shot and frame things was, was, was there, but it wasn't uh, at the level that I'm understanding it now and putting together my understanding of, how the camera works, and my background in art, and really blending it together. So the last, since we met, was really a lot of learning how the camera worked, how each lens created a different frame for me, and how each one can provide me with a different look and feel. Really, it started from there, just really learning all the cameras that I had, and the different lenses, and then also the, the programs, the Lightroom, Photoshop, and how all of that really gets put together.
0: Well, what's interesting about you, though, is that is that everybody tries to learn that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they can shoot for two or four years, and their images have not advanced as much as I think yours have. There's something else that you're picking up beyond the technical and what you can sort of do in Photoshop. I mean, you have a real awareness of light, and I think you... you Already speak to that idea that you already had sort of a graphic sense. Mm-hmm. So, how did you sort of make the connection between the technical things that you could do with a camera and that sort of visual sense that you already had? Because it's not, for a lot of people, it's not easy to, to bring those things together.
1: Mm-hmm. What helped you to, to be able to do that? I think it's just really learning how to, to see, you know, and, and looking at a lot of images. So, I, I flipped through a lot of websites. Uh, during that time when I was, I was really all of a sudden realized that I was really passionate about photography and really wanted to learn more about it. I mean, it was around the time when we met was like the time when I was really getting into it. I was studying a lot. And that's where I found, you know, Eric's website. And I was like, well, you know, what? maybe I need to branch out and, and meet more people, meet other photographers, learn from them. But also around that time, it was a lot of websites started buying a lot of books and really seeing what worked for all these other photographers and, and what, what made them great and seeing how they framed their photographs, how they looked at the world. Mm-hmm. Some of them only used a 35 millimeter or some of them only used a 50 millimeter or whatever the case may be. They, they saw their world through those specific lenses and it's, it's in the way that they framed it, where the light was coming from, the moment right? It's the decisive moments that they, they chose to, cl- to click their shutter. Or, you know, if it was a series of photographs, which one of those they picked to sh- to show. Yeah. So as I was going through my photos and really comparing it to those photographs that I really admired, you know, helped me learn to, to see things so, sort of similar, similarly to how they did. Because a lot of it is that it's, it's really kind of seeing things in those ways uh, that, that A lot of them have and then incorporating it into myself you know it's not necessarily copying it Mm -hmm. but learning from it and then seeing how i can do it in my own way you you've always been working pretty simply
0: in terms of the camera equipment Mm -hmm. you have and you know even though you've liked playing with the toys and you've tried a variety of your cameras i've not seen you get caught up with the gear right more often than not you're really happy to be working with one camera with one lens or maybe maybe two at the most How much do you think that your development in terms of the way you saw was helped by the fact that you weren't sort of chasing the gear fairies? That you were kind of saying, okay, this is what I have to work with, and let me make the most out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: first of all, it's budget, (laughs) 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 right? Like, I don't don't make a lot of money, and I didn't at the time either, even though I was working full-time. And and I really had to find something that I could start off with. Because of the point-and-shoot, I felt like... I outgrew it in a creative way. Um, there were certain shots that I couldn't quite get. Like that, what? You know, like certain things that I saw on the website. I was like, how are these people getting these shots? And so I'd do some research and be like, okay, well, they're using this kind of lens. Well, what, what kind of shots were you seeing that other people were well, getting that you like, weren't able to get? Um, really shallow depth of field or just really wide angles or, you know, certain shots that I felt like the point point shoot that I had wasn't able to accomplish. Uh, night shots, you know, because of the smaller sensor, it's it's very high noise, and it's like the ugly kind of noise that, mm-hmm. that you can get. And I researched and I bought the D90 uh, at the time, and it only came with a kit lens. And I found that with that, I couldn't get certain um, shallow depth of field that I could with all of a sudden I got a 50 millimeter 1.4, and I was like, okay, well, this is how those people are getting that shallow depth the field so it's all a lot of the things i was learning would then prompt me to get a certain type of gear to then accomplish that type of look so really it's not about for me it wasn't about getting all this expensive gear it's just what can i get to just accomplish that type of look well, you
0: had a vision yeah you had a vision in mind you had a yeah. sort of a goal beyond just making a pretty photograph right. that was a sort of sensibility that was right. something you were trying to
1: to strive for and that kind of inform the the equipment that you have. I mean, because there's no magic camera, right? I mean, there's no magic trick to all of this. There's no camera out there that is going to take a picture and it's going to be great. That's my personal opinion. Yes, there's a lot of cameras out there that you set it on auto and you can get a good picture, but to take it to the next level, really learning the camera, knowing how the lens works, you know, whatever you have at this point in time, it's really learning how to use that and maximize it. And, and for me, I feel like even in my, in my drawing, in my painting, I felt like limiting myself helped me to be even more creative. So it's a lot of the limitations that, that I had with just one lens and one camera um, helped me to produce things that I m- might have not been able to produce if I was so worried about, well, oh, I need this gear, I need this gear, I need this to be able to do you know, a certain... not being thing. able to afford all that stuff has its advantage. <laughs> you wouldn't think so, but I think
0: that I think that's really one of the reasons why yeah. why your journey has progressed as much as it has is the fact that you were sort of limited, mm-hmm. and the fact that you were aware that you were working with limitations, and so that that kind of informed the kind of shots that you were that you could make or that you could strive to make. I think there's there's something to be said for for that.
1: Um, well, I also think that you know once you really learn one camera really well, it's easier to pick up another camera. I mean, really, it's about understanding, right, the, the, how aperture works, how shutter, ISO, that the triangle, um, how that works with any camera. Then you can pick up, you know, if you're a Nikon user, you can pick up a Canon. And, and, and really just, if you understand that, you can shoot with a Canon or you can shoot with a Fuji or you can shoot with an Olympus. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's just also with getting to know one camera really well, it's almost to the point where you know the camera so well you can take any shot with it Mm -hmm. and that's really i think for me was was important was being able to know the camera really well being able to see out of the lens and knowing kind of what i'm gonna get if i'm shooting with one lens one camera for a month or two i mean we really get to know that camera you know what you can get out of it and you know what you can't get out of it well you're you're practicing street photography Mm -hmm. that's not the easiest
0: type of photography to start learning photography with. No. Because there's so many challenges on top of all the technical stuff, there's the whole interaction yeah. on the street, anticipation, awareness of light and composition. So why street photography for you? Why not, you know, taking pictures of, you know, of portraits or landscapes or, or travel pictures? I mean, you talked about it first that yeah. when you first had a camera, you were doing it for for the travel, but why do you feel like you were especially attracted to that and why that's become such an important part of what you do with a camera.
1: Well, I think it was a mixture of, you know, because of travel, I liked this kind of the sense of adventure, sort of just uh, seeing new things all the time and, and capturing it. And, and with the point shoot, I wasn't really shooting a lot of people. My mom would complain all the time, like, you don't have any people in your shots. I mean, even in um, a lot of my travels, I'd wait for people to to get out of the picture so I can take a nice clean shot of a building or a scene or what, what, what have you. Eventually, hanging out with family and friends with the camera. You know, I don't, I, Eventually, I'd had a, have a camera with me all the time. And it was just really capturing those, those moments with friends and family. And that's when I was like, okay, well, I really like taking pictures of people. So I got away from not having people in my shots to consistently having people in my shots. And then that evolved to the street you know, as soon as I found out about street photography and, and I found out about it during, you know, all my researches on the web. And at the time there were very few resources on the web for street photography. Now it's completely different, like a lot of websites on street photography. But it really uh talked to me at the time. And I was like, Well, I can put together my light, my love for adventure and loving taking pictures and take it out on the streets, and really kind of being a tourist in my own city. And I hadn't really visited downtown a lot, except maybe to go pick up my dad from work and take him home once in a while, and it was it was really a stranger to me at the time. Getting out on the streets, for me, really also helped to learn my cameras. It was, it was very helpful, actually, because... I mean, my family was really tired of me pointing my camera <laughs> at them all the time, and and you know they're not hanging out with people all the time. So and, and and at the time, you know, after work, come home, and I you know sometimes wouldn't be hanging out with people. So I was like, you know, may, might as well go out on the streets, just walk around, play with my my camera, and see what I can get out of it. You know, practice this technique, practice that technique, see how I can. Take this picture. Well, why is, why is ISO 400 better than 800? Or why why can't I shoot at 1.4 all the time? Well, it's because a lot of things will be out of focus. So all these things that I tried in on the streets really helped me to learn my camera better and really learn how to capture moments. Because, like, with the family stuff, it was great capturing those moments, but you can sit next to them and, 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 and get a little more intimate with them versus on the street. I mean, it's, it's really different, but it really helped me to learn how to see better as well. And it made a lot of other things in uh, other parts of photography for me a lot better. For events, I mean, I, you know, I, f- I shot a wedding, my first wedding last year. I mean, really, at the time, you know, I had been shooting a lot of street. And I found a lot of techniques and a lot of the ways that I was seeing things and framing things. And, and because I've learned my camera so well... That I was able to to capture moments that maybe you know I, I probably wouldn't have been able to before. You're sh- shooting a lot, and I think that yeah. that that speaks a lot to it. You're mm-hmm. not just a, the
0: occasional weekend warrior, right? You're you actively, you're always with your camera, you're always making making photographs. So as a result, you can make a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. So the challenge there becomes how do you go through all that work and figure out the stuff that really is working well, right, and not. So right. how did what was your process in terms of it? Do you feel like that your professional work sort of helped you to be able to do that? Or did you need additional help to sort of kind of figure out which images are really working and
1: which ones are just missing the mark? Well, um, last year, you know, cause earlier in the year I was shooting a lot and then, you know, met a lot of you guys during Eric's workshops and attended a few other workshops, like from Frank Jackson, Frank Jackson and, and, um, uh, and uh, studied a lot more um, and read more books. I think that really helped me to see what is working in my images and see what wasn't working in my images. Earlier on, I I'd post to Flickr, and you know, I'd get like maybe five views, and I'm like, "Man, why why aren't people liking my my stuff?" Well, and I look at back at it now, and I'm like, "Well, because <clears throat> it wasn't really that good of a photograph. I was just trying something." Really blowing out the background, shallow depth of field, but really there's nothing interesting about the shot. So a lot of it was trial and error at the time. And the more I looked at my stuff, and the more comfortable I got with a specific style that I was shooting in, you know, the more I, I saw what was working in my images and what wasn't working in my images. Um, a lot of it was also letting it marinate, um, letting it sit for a while, and then looking at it, you know, a month later, or maybe or a few days later, or a month later which really helped me to see my photograph in a different way than you know just seeing it that day that I shot it and really falling in love with it and then posting it up and you know that's what people thought I you know I was capable mm-hmm. of you know and and really at that time really learned that you know I need to wait I really need to figure out what I liked about these images before I showed it to them and if it really really worked I mean it's the same with when I was drawing or painting or even the graphic design work, i 'd let it sit for a day, look at it again, and make adjustments. so I really a lot of that just needed to be translated into how I was editing in my, in my photography. One
0: of the things that um, surprised me, I was reading an interview that uh, you did recently, and I knew you used the word "zen" mm-hmm. in your in your blog, but when I read that, and you were talking about meditative. Experience that photography could be. I was like, man, that guy's only been shooting for two years. It took me over a decade to get to that <laughs> point. But I really appreciated the fact that you were speaking in a language that I really understand. Because there's a certain experience that you can have, especially when you're on the street, that is completely different from any kind of photography. And, and, and zen is probably a, a good word for it. There's a, there's a place that you can go to. I know what it's like for me, but I'd really like to, to hear what that is for you, and and what difference does
1: being in that place make in terms of the photographs you make? Sure. Well, you know, there, during that time uh, that I was working, I was really not in a good place, mentally speaking. Uh, I was pretty stressed out. And, uh, you know, I, I used to meditate, and I kind of got away from that um, during that time. And And picking up a camera and walking around on the streets, I really found a piece and and not only that I feel like at the time I wasn't doing a lot of creative things at all and and for me as a as a human that's a part of a huge part of who I am is 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 the creative type of person you know my creative juices were clogged up so <laughs> to speak so I really needed an, another outlet for that and I felt like if I started drawing again or, or went to graphic design again like just on my own time I'd be sitting in you know my uh my computer all day I'd be spending a lot more time alone so going out on the streets walking around really got my creative juices flowing again and that really felt good I mean that that was really an enlightenment for me to uh, be able to to find that because it really made me happier to be able to Find myself again, really, it was just a, a search for who I was again, because I felt like I lost it in the whole corporate world and the corporate environment. You know, I felt like I wasn't really who I was anymore. Um, so being creative, being out on the streets and really starting to calm down, really kind of find myself again, being able to use the get in the zone, right because like, a lot of times when I would draw, like the whole world would disappear. And I was just it was just me and whatever I was creating, and and I hadn't done that in a long time, so you know walking around the streets, framing something, getting a really good shot, and knowing that you know I I did that myself, you know it wasn't like just all automatic, I you know or it wasn't just like a spray and pray type of thing. Like I took my time, I figured out the the background, made sure that the person walking around was the right person, and then going back you know, and editing and going, wow, I, I took that picture, you know, it was really another happy moment for me. It was like, I can do this. You know, I, I can this is something that I can do a lot. I can do it all the time. Um, was there a particular I something I love to do. Was there a particular
0: moment where you felt like, Oh wow, I get it. Yeah. Was there a sort of an
1: epiphany moment for you or was it sort of a gradual thing over time? I, I think it's a bit of both. It was a little gradual, Um, But there were certain shots that really emphasized that fact for me, that, that, you know what, I can do this. And a lot of it was from just hearing things from from you, learning things from from a lot of other people uh, from the the workshops. And, you know, it was about waiting, having patience, um, chasing the light. And and as soon as a lot of those things came to my mind and and I really uh, applied it, I was like, okay, th- I can do this. There was that that one shot that I use on my business card with the guy with the hat walking away. I mean, that that was like, okay, here's something that I that I'm happy with that I, that I did, that I shot, but that took me about half an hour to get. Mm. But I paid it. T- I put all these concepts that I learned together, and I and I you know created something that I, that I really liked, and and so I, I used that shot as the kind of the marker for that epiphany or that kind of day when I was like, you know what, I can, I can do this. This is something I can do and I can love and that, you know, that I'm actually kind of good at. Yeah, I love moments. like Yeah. That. yeah. Cause you know, you're not waiting for someone else
0: to put their stamp of approval on mm-hmm. you. And there's something that you get when you make a photograph and you know that you're at the top of your skill level at that given mm-hmm, point. Mm hmm. And and not only that, but that you've challenged yourself, and then you were able to achieve it. And I think there's something really gratifying yeah. about that. And I think street photography really provides all the things, especially the challenge. So when you do, art, when you are able to make something out of virtually nothing, out of what seems like chaos, it's so gratifying and it's so exciting. And you can go, like you just said, "Oh, I can do this! I
1: can do this!" It um, is insane, like because. You know, it's it's real life happening out there, and and it's it's all in how you frame it, and it's all in how in, in the moment that you click the shutter, and and it, still today, amazed at a lot of the photographs that I've seen, and you know, it, it looks like it's staged, but it's it's so not staged. You know, it's just being at the right place, the right time, knowing how your camera works, how the light works, you know, and just all that coming together to produce something that, that's, you know, art. And really that, that's, you know, I th- for me, I think it's not just taking a picture and it's, or it's not just producing a photograph. For me, it's, it's, you know, it's just an extension of art like I was doing before. Yeah, and you talk you about know? that waiting, and we're both yeah. in agreement that that's a yeah. real important part of street photography. Well, I about. mean, the first times that, that the first day we, we, we shot, you waited, I, I don't know how, how long you waited for that shot with a guy walking oh, uh, yeah, in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, half an hour. And yeah. I was like, hmm, I'm going to learn something from this guy. <laughs> I learned a lot from this guy. <laughs> but yeah. I think
0: because people think street photography is just like seeing something, bring a yeah. camera and snap, which for some photographers, really, it works that mm-hmm. way. I mean, you look at Gary Winogrand, if you watch any video of him, sure. and he's just like marching down the street and he's making his mm-hmm. shots, but... You know, he was Gary Winogrand, and people can copy that, and they don't necessarily produce you know anything on the level of him. But though I love his work, I find that waiting, seeing all the elements—the the light, the background, the colors, the textures—the you know all these things—it's like okay, I, there's something that could happen here, but it needs something, and oftentimes it's, it's a person. And that helps sort of complete it. But it can be kind of nerve-wracking because you're saying, I'm going to stand here for the next half hour, maybe an hour, yeah. and I may get nothing. So for me, I've kind of trained myself to just say, if I'm feeling that, then I need to stay here regardless of what's happening. But sometimes it's really, really hard it to is. not feel like the, I got to go, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Yeah. So how do you kind of figure that out? Because sometimes it is best to just move on because just yeah. nothing's going to happen here. So for you, how's
1: that, how does that work? You know, if I'm walking around, I see a background that I really like or I like the light that's coming through. And I can tell there's not a lot of traffic. You know, I might wait for 10 minutes and I'll walk around the block. Cause then i might, like, cause I'm, you know, I'm also, sometimes I do get restless and I'm like, there's something happening somewhere else <laughs> and I'm missing it because I'm sitting here waiting for this shot. So, you know, a lot of times I'll, I'll wait at the, at, you know, where, I, where I think I'll get a good shot. And then um, if I feel like I'm getting a little restless, I'll just take a walk around the block and snap a few pictures. And, and by doing that, I'm also kind of getting, you know, in the movement of taking pictures um, and then I'll go back and I'll, and I'll wait. And a lot of times, I mean, as soon as I come back to that area, within the next five minutes, I'm getting the, sh- the shot that I wanted. A lot of times I I feel like I'm waiting for a long time, but really it isn't. It just feels like forever when there's nobody in that background that, that's walking through. So, it, you know, it's, it's just about, for me, figuring out if, if it's worth it. Uh, and a lot of times, too, if I do find somewhere that I like shooting, uh, a certain backdrop, you know, I'll spend some time there that day. But the good thing about living here in L.A. is that I can always go back. Um, yeah, maybe the light's slightly different or I can take note of the time of day that I that I went and go back at the same time of day and see if I can capture something different. And that's what that's one thing about letting sort of my photos sit for a while, because if I was to post that, then that would that would be it. and that, And yeah. you know, nothing special about it. Um, except that I got a good backdrop and maybe somebody's there. But if I go to the same area consistently, like, you know, sometimes I'll study a, a, just one block. And that's, I learned that from the You Are Here thing. Just studying one block for a week and going back, even seeing how the light changes in the different times of the day for that certain area, is you there, can get something really great out of that and just going back to the same place.
0: Is there a particular shot that, that came out as a result of doing that practice of going back over and over again until yeah. you find, what shot was that?
1: It was, uh, well, there's a couple. There's a, uh, the few that I had with the X 100 that I showed on the, on my, uh, on my blog. Uh, I'm sorry, the X pro one, my review on the X pro one. And it's the uh, gentleman walking um, in an alley. And it's, it's really well lit. And I left it in color for that one. And I go back there every day. If I'm walking around um, downtown L.A., I'll just stop there for maybe 10, 15 minutes and just watch people go by. And or and I'd maybe ch- try different angles. So I'd be maybe right next to the alley or I'd be across the street or further down the street or I'd try shooting with the X-Pro1 and then the X-100 to see what, you know, and see what I can get. And, you know, after about two to three weeks, Looking at those pictures, um, a, a few really stood out, and another one of them was it was it's a frame of of just like really just shadow and light on a, on a building, and there's a bird flying through, a little pigeon flying through, and I mean I really liked that image, and it was just a, about staying there and waiting for the right moment. And I really it, I kind of felt like maybe people were looking at me kind of dumb because I really had my um, camera to my face
0: for, standing there. for about 10, yeah. 15 minutes, just
1: wait and turn it, you know, and I didn't want my battery right now. So I turn it off for a little bit, turn it back on and, and really just standing there waiting for a bird to, to fly through the scene or waiting for somebody to go, you know, into the alley. And, and actually that one with the guy walking, I was, I got really lucky because he was standing away from the alley for a while. And, you know, I'm standing there, taking a few shots just making sure i get the exposure and the framing right and then he went down that path to behind a uh, dumpster to take a leak and so i caught him like right before but i was so lucky that you know and, and i was and since i had been standing there i felt like okay good finally somebody's going that way mm-hmm. and caught him as he was walking towards there so like yeah definitely patience uh matters uh, you know when you're trying to get a good shot like yeah, and th- and a lot of it's luck too cuz like if he didn't if he didn't need to take a leak I would have never gotten a shot but it seems like luck
0: happens when you when you know enough to just wait yeah i mean when you see everything that's there it's 90% there yeah and it's like life is continuing to happen if i wait mm-hmm. that extra 10% is going to come in there yeah and it's when it's when i get impatient because like like, yeah. like, you said in an interview, uh, I get pretty amped up. I mean, I look like nothing phases me, but inside, <laughs> man, I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm preoccupied with all these things. Right. And on the good days when I get out and shoot and I get into that sort of zen place, I get so present mm-hmm. that it's like, why rush?
1: Well, I mean, you know, going back to that, it, you know, once you're in that state of mind where you're... Kind of happy, you're peaceful you 're doing something because you are having fun doing it because I'm not going to do photography if it wasn't fun for me, so a lot of it is fun it's it's relaxing, um, so I'm in a good state of mind, and so i'm open to all these things that are happening around me and really conscious and you know I was asked about you know is photography a lot of photography or street photography intuitive. And, and I would say yes, a lot of it is. Because you have to be conscious of what's going around you and taking everything that you know and applying it to to getting that image. you know. And you can't be that open if you're not in that state of mind and then not, you're not open and you're not feeling sort of what is going around you. A lot of it happens from the gut, I feel. Uh, a lot of the pictures, a lot of the moments that I'm capturing – now now analyzing it for a while why why and how i captured those certain moments you know I, I couldn't explain it at the time but now i'm like well it's because i felt it i felt it was the right time uh, i felt it in my gut it was a feeling it was all these things coming together telling me this is the right moment yeah. or wait for it it'll happen you know or this frame is 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 what looks good it feels good take the shot now (laughs) you know so a lot a lot of that is is being in that in that kind of state of mind in that zen state almost you know i mean that meditative state of being in the zone and really focused somebody said hey let me borrow your eye for a day you know but Mm. i mean really it's it's not only the eyes it's it's everything right street photography involves taking pictures of perfect strangers
0: and i remember you in hollywood being very nervous about getting up close and doing that And even though Eric was sort of at the time was really big on uh, a certain technique Mm -hmm. in terms of getting really close with a wide angle and flash and stuff like that, it seems like you sort of have not just settled on that, that you've sort of evolved on it, but I'm kind of curious how sort of being thrown into the pool Mm -hmm. in terms of taking pictures of people sort of helped you to get past that and how has photographing people whether you're including them as sort of an element in a in a graphic shot or whether you're going up to actually make a portrait of them how is that how has that changed over the last couple of years and and especially talk about to us about those sort of initial
1: forays into doing that well definitely a lot timid before a little fearful really nervous and conscious about taking pictures of of strangers and not knowing how they would react Um, you know never really had done it before and it was really about just slowly getting the confidence level up to be able to do that and the comfort level as well because a lot from that from that day actually on the Sunday of that workshop my goal was to approach people I picked a theme which is you know people wearing hats and I just walked on asked people that were wearing hats if I could take their picture and you know. Some people said yes, some people said no. And, you know, I figured, well, that's just how it's going to be. But even the initial act of, and I mean, even just thinking about, hey, I'm going to ask this person to take a picture, was really something I had to get over. You know, it was a hurdle that I had to to really get over. You know, after, I'd say after the fifth, sixth person that I asked, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. You know, and it really isn't that negative. As long as I'm in a positive state asking and I'm not nervous and, you know, and just doing it in, in, in that light, I felt, you know, then nothing nothing negative could happen to me as long as I stay positive about it. And and really it's about the more times I did it, the more comfortable I got.
0: And, and you there's know? something we said that doing it in a workshop is one thing and yeah. then going out and doing it on your own yeah. is another thing. So how did you sort of you know, keep the fire underneath you to to do it when you were on your own and you didn't have that immediate support group of those
1: other photographers. Um, Yes. As soon as I got out of that workshop, I was like, great. And I'm walking around, I'm like, no, I can't. You know, really, it kind of reverted back, like, just really soon after. But then, you know, the more times that I went out and the more people that I approached, again, I just kept forcing myself to do it um, to certain people. And we kind of felt a lot of it is, you know, again, the, the whole vibe thing, the energy, mm-hmm. the, the feeling in the gut, if it's the right person to approach or not. And, and, if, and if I'm going to get a good picture out of it, you know, if it's not an interesting person, then, then why, why bother? It, it was just about getting into that comfort zone and then slowly as my comfort was achieved in approaching people, it's the confidence that I could do it started to become higher and then the results like okay this is this is a good picture of this person that i just that i just took i i took that wow that's that's awesome i got to do this more and it really just after those small steps and and getting more pictures of people i was like okay i can do this i can do this it's not so bad i'm not going to get killed or punched <laughs> in the face you know the worst they can say is no or you know what the hell are you doing and so uh, after a while i i got more comfortable with it and i mean now I mean, I really, really do pick and choose who I will approach. Um, if I feel like I can get a better picture by approaching them and setting setting up the portrait, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Otherwise, I'll still just do it candidly. And and even that was a huge hurdle to, to go and not asking people, right? And just pointing the camera at them, shooting, and then walking away. Because, you know, before... Just the fact that they realized that they're, mm-hmm. they're being shot was a huge thing for me because I'm very conscious of that, you know, um, very intuitive type of person. I feel their energy and I, and I can tell when people are upset or not upset. And, and you know, when they notice me, I, I feel like oop, I kind of freeze up and like, uh oh, I just got caught doing something. And, and at the time, I felt like I was, I was doing something that maybe wasn't that right or acceptable in society. Right, and then I had really had to switch my mindset about that, and that I was doing something for myself, for my art, um, and it didn't matter what these people thought. And really, I didn't know what they were thinking; I had no clue what they were thinking. So, why even have that in my mind at all? Yeah, for me, just focus on on what I'm doing. Yeah, for me, it's 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 more it's more than
0: just my art. I mean, obviously, that's a big part of it, but mm-hmm. you know, there's something about that person that I find interesting. And my acknowledging them by making a photograph is is more than just being self-serving. It's like, I think you look amazing. There's something about you that I want to capture with a camera. And I think that a smile goes a long way. That I don't necessarily have to explain it, but that just acknowledging them. Mm -hmm. I think like, you know, ducking your head and then dashing down the street (laughs) is going to indicate that you were doing something wrong. (laughs) So there's there's one shot i gotta ask you about i saw this shot and i was like damn why didn't i take that shot it's so good (laughs) it's that shot that you have of that guy i think he's wearing a hat and his sunglasses and he has this thick 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 mustache mustache. and the light is coming from overhead Mm -hmm. which is a light you're supposed to never use for a portrait and it falls on the stash and i looked at that shot and i went. Oh my God, that is so brilliant. It's <laughs> so you. awesome.
1: So, you got to tell me how that shot came about. Well, you know, that time I had just, I think, yeah, I just got the X Pro 1 at the time. And I only had the 35 millimeter and was trying out different places in, in downtown. So, I was at the Toy District, mm-hmm. just, you know, walking around that area a lot more. And uh, that day, I was doing a lot more again, like a lot of the just waiting around. But uh, I got tired at this one area. So I decided to walk around the block. And as I was walking up the street, he passed me by. And I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get this guy. I mean, this is just perfect. So I talked to him. I was like, Hey, you know, how long you been growing your mustache? Or I, f- I forget what I was saying. But mm-hmm. it, it had something to do with his mustache and asking me, do, do you mind if I took t- t- your portrait? And for me, I, I don't like having cars in my photographs. I don't – I usually point – I'll have them uh, – whatever's behind them would be the um, sort of a storefront or a window or, or something like that. So I faced him against the window, kind of put my hand up in the air to see where the light was coming from. I was like, oh, boy. Uh, but really what, what stood, up, stood out about him was his mustache. So I wanted to make sure that that was, that was lit as much as possible. Um, and and it, and it worked out uh, with with the background, with his you know him wearing his hat and his glasses, and yeah, everything just worked out. I just made sure that at that time that he was because uh, he was on my left on the street when we were walking, and I could have just taken him there and would have had a busy, mm-hmm. nasty background. The light would have been behind him. So I was like, hey, can you just stand over here? And you know, as soon as you know, I think as soon as you ask somebody to take their picture, then you kind of have some control there of where you can Amen. put them. and Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I mean, you don't settle for where they're standing at that point in time, like move them into a good background a good light, you know, get a better picture.
0: Yeah. Cause a um, shot that, like that doesn't come up if you're too nervous to ask them to move. Yeah. And if you're in such a rush to get the shot mm-hmm. that you don't get the best shot that you can. Yeah. And when I looked at that picture, I knew, even though I didn't know exact details, I know what your process was because that just didn't happen by chance. Yeah. And you can't make an image like that if you're rushing. Right. You really have to be right. willing to slow down, even though you're taking someone's time who you don't even know. Right. That you're responsible to g- produce as good a photograph as you possibly Absolutely. can. And
1: moving them and yeah. getting them better light right. is, is
0: part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even
1: uh, you know, I took a, a portrait version. And then, you know, a landscape version and, you know, I took probably about three shots of him. And so that was the one that I liked the, the best. It worked out the best. Um, you know, had him tilt his head just a little bit down a little mm-hmm. bit. So, I mean, those are those are things you can tell people like when even even if it's a, a street portrait, just, hey, can you do this or don't smile and don't say cheese you know, yeah. <laughs> with the peace signs up <laughs> like those kind of things.
0: In the last couple of months, you've been getting a lot of attention for your work. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. It's crazy. Why? I mean, what? What? A lot of people would love to have that kind of attention. Yeah. Sometimes their images just end up on Flickr or 500px or on Facebook, and they don't get that. And I don't think that you have some grand scheme that you're that you, mm-hmm. you're happening that's happening. But how do you make sense of the attention you're getting? Why do you think, besides the fact that your work is, you know, is is great? the fact that people are saying you're worthy of attention, that we want to talk to you, that
1: we want to showcase your photographs. I'm trying to figure that out too, <laughs> but I mean maybe I you know, maybe it's the energy. You know, I'm a big thing on energy. I talk a lot about positive, you know, just having a positive energy when you're walking around and and maybe people can relate to that. Or maybe they can relate to my story of, you know, coming from a a very not so good environment, and uh, finding that photography is is something that that I that you know I found peace in, found my zen. Maybe it's just certain things that I've learned along the way are similar to what people are. You know, it's it's not like a new story. All the things that I'm going through, a lot of people gone through the same thing in their journey into photography, and I think maybe it's it's that it's that re- re- relatability. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm humble. I'm, I, you know, I don't. So, I don't know what to say really with all this. <laughs> I'm excited. But it's, for it's it's it's, you. it's. I mean, it's awesome. I, I mean, I'm 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 really grateful for for all the support, and, and you know, it's really encouraging. You know, because I could be doing something else, and I f- I found photography to be something I really love doing, and I'm 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 happy that you know people like my work. Yeah, and That's I think. Encouraging. I think
0: part of it is that you're so, you're very supportive of other people's work. I think that that says a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that that, that's the vibe I get from you. And so having you on the show is just like sort of an affirmation. Not only that I think your work is great, but just like you said, your energy. I like what you you put out to other photographers. You know, some who are starting, some who are at sort of par with you. But I don't see, I don't get a sense that you feel like there's any sort of hierarchy. That you're all out there pursuing the same thing. And I think that's... That's, that's the kind of people I like surrounding myself with because right. I think it's like a rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing. That whole sort of ego yeah. and trying to say, oh, I'm better and I got a more expensive camera than you <laughs> um, is, you know, only
1: gets you so far. Yeah. I mean, this, it's, you know, a lot of uh, good things since I got into photography. Um, and one of them is the community. You know, it's a really big community. It's a worldwide community. It's international and uh, I mean, the people that I've been able to meet, the photographer, the great photographers that I've been able to meet, you know, some of them whose work I admired before, I was able to even meet them. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been so awesome. And I think that even within the community, there's so many people willing to teach, right, and, and to give their advice, um, things that they went through, and, and really open about certain aspects of, of their work and and that's how I learned. And so if, if anything, I feel like, well, I do the same thing, share, share my knowledge, share, share. I mean, I've, I've only learned these things in the last two years and that's all I can do is just, you know, whoever comes to me with a question is just, you know, well, this is how I did it, you know? And I don't feel like I'm um, like a genius or anything. I mean, none of this stuff, you know, came easy it was still work it was still things that i had to go through and i think it's the same things that anybody else can can do um you know if they go through sort of the way you know it doesn't have to be exactly because you know people think differently but you know there's there's ways that i did things that i think anybody can can go through the same steps and and get to a certain place where they're happy with their work you know depending on what what style that they want to do so
0: well, my last question is that I always ask my guests to recommend another photographer. So it can be somebody you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why?
1: Well, have, you, have you interviewed Dana already? He's, he's coming up.
0: No, but go ahead. You oh, can well, recommend you know, well,
1: you know, I met Dana through one of the workshops, uh, Eric's workshops. And I've been shooting you know, with him a lot more recently. You know he's got that kind of energy as well um, that that I really like. Really nice guy, and and his work is is great. I mean, for shooting with a uh, with his M6 uh, film, you know, takes his time. Uh, you know, we really vibe together and and you know, agree on on a lot of things, I and mean, we will see certain things just the same way. I think he should be your next, even though I know he's, your, you just told me he's your next. But so well, he's a great recommendation yeah, and yeah. I look
0: forward to getting him on the other side of that mic yeah, real soon. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you, Renty, man. It was, it was a great honor and a, a pleasure to sit down with you
1: and talk. Thank you as well. Yeah, it was fun.
0: The Candid Frame is supported by donations from people just like you. You can help support the work we do here by visiting the website at com and contributing using PayPal. You can also support the show by writing a review in the iTunes Music Store or by adding a link to the podcast on your website or blog. The editor for this show is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. Music is by Kevin MacLeod. And this is and X. And this is The Candid Frame.